following is a series of three brief devotions delivered by Vicar Evan Aerosmith for our children's Christmas service. They were delivered on Sunday, December 13th, 2020. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. From my one high school chemistry class, there's just one bit of information that has stuck with me for all this time, treading water in my scrambled brain, all leading up to this one definitive pedantic moment right here. And here it is. You are never cold. You're just less warm. As long as the particles in your body are still zooming around, they are producing heat. And so once you've reached an internal temperature of absolute zero and all of the particles in your body are at a total standstill, then, and only then, can you tell me that you're cold. Until then, you're just less warm. Isn't that great? I mean, isn't that just the news you needed to hear as the winter weather comes creeping in? You're welcome. Part two... Light and darkness work the exact same way. Darkness isn't real. It's just the absence of light. So next time you're precariously feeling your way to the bathroom at three in the morning, just remember that it's just an illusion. Of course, that darkness still blinds, and that lack of heat still has a very real sting to it. The absence of wealth is still poverty. The absence of food is still hunger. And some of the most basic problems we have in this life are not active, tangible evils that we can hold in our hands, but the absence of good. Isaiah calls these people the people walking in darkness. He's talking about men, women, and children going about their daily lives under the heavy shadow of ignorance and the looming shadow of death conditioned to think that this is just the way it is. You can call it joylessness, purposelessness, depression, anxiety, nihilism, whatever you want. 2,700 years ago, Isaiah called it darkness, the absence of light. And it's not limited to a single time or place. Because in a week and a half, people are going to sit around glittering trees and tear into presents absolutely bathed in darkness and others will drive down Main Street, basking in the multicolored glow of Christmas lights and overwhelmed with the numbness of their day-to-day and filled up with an emptiness that they're well acquainted with but just can't quite explain. In a world that has separated itself from its God, sin is all we know, and frustration and purposelessness is the default. And so we struggle to wrap our heads around what exactly the problem is, but we grasp at straws because, well, this darkness that we live in isn't something that we can have or hold. It's an absence of light. It's an absence of God. Into this darkness, light was born. God became flesh to light up a godless world, and it's like a curtain has been thrown open for these people. It's like blind eyes have been given sight for the first time. For 700 more years, through the oppression of four more empires, Israel and Isaiah's people would look forward to this day. Oh, more than 2,000 years and all their tragedies later, we still look back on this day as the day that that the absence of God was replaced by the presence of God among us. 
And so look at what Isaiah says he brings with him. He comes to us as a wonderful counselor to teach us. And that's what he did. He comes to us as a mighty God through whom all things are possible, even the forgiveness of sins. He comes as an everlasting father to cherish his wayward children. And he comes as a prince of peace to make all things new. All human leadership, wise or foolish, has its end in the grave. And Jesus takes us beyond that. Among the corruptions and the limits of human authority and the abuses of human fathers, Jesus comes to us with the power and the perfection of our Heavenly Father. Where world peace is torn apart by violence, where social peace is disrupted by dissent, where inner peace is shaken by guilt and shame, Jesus comes to us with a peace that fills them up and outlasts them all and which cannot be stolen. Each Christmas is an opportunity for these people walking in darkness to see that great light, to replace the needless stress of the holidays with something that matters, something that lasts, and something that changes the way that they see the world. That light has dawned. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. Not the password, not the magic words, just the word. And that's an important distinction to make because when God spoke on the first day of creation, he wasn't tapping into the source code of existence or he wasn't appealing to some higher power. He is the highest power. And so, I mean, and so when he speaks, reality happens. When he first broke the deafening silence of the void with, left the, with let there be light, Light shattered the blinding darkness of the void with light and turned nothing into something. That was the word in action. Not just a passive noise falling from God's lips, but the living, active, and powerful command of God which does not return to him empty. But to avoid underselling the word, I'll just let the Spirit speak through John himself. The Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was God. In an instant, he makes light that the darkness cannot overcome. And that's the other thing about light. We were headed there in that direction a little bit earlier, but we didn't quite get there. The miraculous power of light lies in the fact that darkness cannot overcome it. Darkness can't even resist light in the least bit. Night only comes because the daylight retreats behind the horizon. And when the sun comes back around, night has no choice but to melt away. And so it is with Jesus. The, the word of God who came into this world, not in the blaze of glory that we might have chosen, but as a match struck in the pitch darkness of a weary world filled with sin-sick people. In darkness this deep, the smallest light becomes a beacon. So God himself becomes flesh. And John literally says that he put up his tent among us. The living word through which all things were made comes to us wrapped in human form, to, born as an infant to live and die as a man. The, 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 that same divine power which made the world now stands beside us in this darkness as our brother. And that's a hope that we can approach without fear. But it's more than just a light for our feet and a lamp for our path. It, this light chases away the darkness around us, yes, but it also chases away the darkness 
that's within us and invites us to come and share in its warmth. This means that the guilt and the shame and the insecurity that might send us running back into that darkness to hide is now burned away by this light. That is what Jesus has to offer you. And here we are in a year as the daylight grows ever shorter in a year that's pockmarked by sin and shame and death and blame and we're just kind of clinging to this shaky hope that the world is going to start on an upswing the second that 2020 flips over to 2021 and it's just not going to happen not by our own efforts but we hold up this light that doesn't go out that as the world grows darker and darker this light grows brighter and brighter and it guides us through this life into the next. Amen. The evangelist Luke was definitely a man of detail, that much we know. And especially from this well-known account of Jesus' birth, that fact about Luke shines through a little bit. See, we see the events leading up to Jesus' birth packed with detail, the events that follow packed with detail, and in the midst of all that, Jesus', Jesus actual birth is kind of a blip on the radar. And yet Luke paints all these details into his picture surrounding Jesus' birth, not to distract us from it, but to show us the fact that Jesus' birth is, yes, about Jesus, but it's also for us. It's about our Savior, but it's also about our salvation. Luke hangs everything on this Roman census that's going on. It brings Joseph and a very pregnant Mary to Bethlehem. It ensures that they have to sleep in a barn because of overcrowding. And what this fortuitous moment in time really does is that it amplifies the humiliating reality of the incarnation. King of the world would have been an insulting step down for the God of the universe. And yet in God's wise design, the Son of God passes the palaces and thrones of the world on his way from heaven to earth and is instead born to an unwed mother in a barn, laid in a manger, in an oppressed nation filled with sinners, in darkness, so that at the bottom of the barrel, our Savior begins his work. And what follows? What comes immediately after that? And there were mighty warriors. No. And there was royalty. No. And there was the smartest man alive. Nope, none of that. And there were shepherds. Filthy, dung-covered, possibly vagrant, possibly criminal farmhands working the night shift before anyone else. This is who the angel comes to to bring his good news. And not just any good news, good news of great joy. And not just any good news of great joy, good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for all the people. Yes, for the kings and queens. Yes, for the warriors and wise men, but also for shepherds. And so as you hear the angel deliver this good news for the first time, hear also every alternative. And there were sinners, and there were drug addicts, and there were prostitutes, and there were tax collectors, and there were abusers, and there was you. I don't think I've said anything too profound about light in the last 20 minutes or so. But here's one more observation. While you weren't looking, I checked, and none of the light bulbs up in the ceiling are breaking the laws of physics to avoid shining on you because the light thinks you're a little bit icky. No, light just shines. 
Light just shines. And that is one of the most fundamental traits of the gospel is that it doesn't discriminate. In every class or status, whether you're prideful or pitiful, Jesus comes to solve the universal problem of sin on every level. On, in every severity of sin, he comes to solve that problem. And he turns not one single darkened soul away. And so here again, we find Jesus in the manger, a light to replace the darkness, a light that the darkness cannot overcome, and a light that goes out to everybody without question, that shines on us as we are, but does not leave us as we were. On his birthday and every day after, that is his gift to you. Amen. Amen.